Thank you, Jesus, for the good gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your precious blood this morning. Thank you for your mercy and your forgiveness, O Lord. Your compassion, my God. I thank thee, O Lord, and I praise thee, O God. I worship thy holy name. God, you are great and mighty. Everybody said praise the Lord. Very glad to be in church with you this morning. If you have a Bible, I'm turning to the book of Luke. Luke's account of the gospel. A wonderful God we serve. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Good to see you. And uh, if you will turn in Luke chapter 15 with me this morning, we'll take a look at God's Word. And in this 15th chapter, we'll begin with verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he delivered, he divided them unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, or in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain, or in other words, he was com compelled to have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the father said unto him, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For thy son was dead and is alive again. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out 
and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet or proper that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to turn your attention. I know that was a little lengthy reading, but uh, the next chapter, chapter 16, I would like to begin reading at verse 19. Okay. So there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So I have a little question this morning. Would you rather have a party or have a funeral? I think I'd rather have a party. What about it, Marvin? You'd rather have a party or a funeral? I, I think so. I don't think there should be much hesitation about that. I'd rather have a party. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'd, I'd much rather have a party. You know, it's been said there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. And uh, Wednesday night, we had a we had a Holy Ghost time around here. I'd say we had us a Holy Ghost party, and uh, and we got to have some more of it. I guess it was so good we just couldn't quite get over it, so we went to the rally Friday night and just had some more, and had a wonderful time. And you know, the Lord blessed when uh, when I got down to the to the restaurant, Chili's, the whole place was empty. The bar was empty. Everything was empty except for us. We had the whole place to ourselves. So I thought, well, thank you, Jesus. That was just a nice blessing after such a beautiful service. Everybody said amen. amen. Well, give our God a big hand, shall you? Amen. Amen. There are circumstances, of course, surrounding these individuals that Jesus did say certain people. Uh, sometimes... People get English literature mixed up with the Bible, and uh, but it shouldn't be confused or mixed up with that. Uh, there are fables, Aesop's fables, and there's all kinds of things that people have come up with through the years, and that's great, that's wonderful. But when you get to the Bible and Jesus said there was a certain man, well, there was a certain man, okay? He, it's not any kind of fable or something, you know, that just came from somebody's imagination. Uh, can you imagine the God of eternity, invisible, who shows himself visibly in the flesh. And he starts talking about things. What a file he had to pull from. You know, just slide open the drawer and he could pull out file after file, case after case, certain man, certain woman, certain situation, 
he could do that. And here he had to tell about, to in, a, in an attempt to get across to people the severity of what he was dealing with and, and what we deal with. No wonder the Bible said that we should put away from ourselves things that are foolish and jesting because we deal in serious business. And there are things that should bring us up short. There are things that are designed to get our attention. Because, you know, we have a tendency, I guess the Bible called it the children of the Lord. <laughs> so like children, our, our attention span is a little on the short side. And we have a tendency, our concentration to wander in different directions. And um, we, start, we start drifting away from the things that are important and where our mind should be. And uh, Jesus brought out that there was a certain man that had two sons. And this, this man that has the two sons, one of them uh, kind of takes a, a wild hair of an idea, and he, uh, he decides he wants what he can get, and uh, he wants to hit the road. He wants to take a journey. A journey. That seems to be a kind of a popular word in the last little bit, and uh, people have talked about the journey. And um, so, and I'll tell you what, we are passing through. Uh, this, this world for the church is not our home. And uh, actually for everybody, this earth, this planet, is not going to be anybody's home. Okay? It's going to be one place or the other. It's going to be heaven or it's going to be hell. For all of eternity. There's no place in between. And the first heaven and the first earth, the Bible said they're passed away. They're going to be gone. They're going to be, they're going to be done with. They're not going to be anymore. Somebody said something to me the other day about, um, about I, was, I was gone. And I said, well, that's a song we sing, as a matter of fact. And I said, you will look for me and I'll be gone. And uh, I, I want everybody to be in that first resurrection. I'd like for everybody. And you know, the Lord wants everybody to be in that first resurrection. That's why the invisible God of all eternity, who, who the Bible said sitteth upon the circle of the earth and inhabiteth all of eternity. That's why he came in the flesh. That's why the invisible became visible and provided that visible flesh as a sacrifice on the cross because he so loved the world, because he, he wanted to present himself visibly and give that flesh as a sacrifice uh, once and for all. Hear me? Once and for all. Wants everybody to be saved. God! I had somebody said to me, I'll, uh, well, you know, I'll be there at church, uh, the Lord willing. I said, well, don't worry about that. I said, let me help you with that one. I said, he's willing. He's willing. I can tell you that right up front. He's willing. So you don't have to puzzle over that or ponder over that. Just take it as it is. He's willing. So you just be there. You do your part. And so the Lord, the Lord cares about everybody. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come to baptism in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And all should be filled with the free gift of the Holy Ghost. That's God's will for this dispensation, this period of time in which we're living. That's why he chose to come in the flesh. That's why he gave us this new covenant 
or this new agreement, this new testament. That's why the first one done away and brought in the new one. He fulfilled everything of that first one and said it's time for the new now. I'm bringing in that new covenant, that new agreement. And because God so loved the world, the scripture teaches that to wit, God was in Christ. The invisible was in the visible. The spirit was in the flesh. The father was in the son, if you please. And that's why he made it crystal clear that he came to reconcile the world, a world that was separated by sin from him. And he said, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to provide a sin offering like none other. And when I provide that, it's going to be once and it's going to be for all. And having done so, he's reconciling the world, bringing the world back from that sin that has separated them from God. And let me tell you what he said in Isaiah chapter 1. He said, come now. Not telling you to go away. He said, come now, saith the Lord. He said, let's reason together. You know, God's reasonable. He's very reasonable. But son, but I read in the Bible, right here in the Word of God, where the, the man of God cried out and said, Deliver me from unreasonable men. He said, Not all have faith. That's a shame. In other words, not everybody's believing what I'm saying. Not everybody's believing what I'm preaching. Not everybody is coming, though the hands are outstretched all day long. Here, the Bible teaches you that salvation is of the Jew. The woman came to Jesus. She was a Greek, Syrophoenician by nation. Bottom line is she wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile. And uh, she comes to Jesus, fell at his feet, and besought him. Bad problem in the home. And he said, well, he said, it's... uh, not proper, not meat, it's not proper for me to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. One place she said, truth, Lord. She said, but the, the dogs do get the crumbs that come from the children's table. The Bible said he marveled. He marveled at her faith and her answer. And he told her, for this thy saying, he said, go thy way. It's all taken care of. Isn't it nice when it's just that easy? (laughs) Well, was it that easy for that woman, for that individual to take that kind of a statement and not be offended? What a reasonableness she showed, and what faith, great faith, she showed in the face of the storm, in the face of adversity, in the face of looking like the whole deck is stacked against you. 
And yet, the response was so reasonable. Come now, let us reason, saith the Lord. God's reasonable. What doth the Lord require of thee? You know, the devil can confuse you and mix you up and mess with your mind, your heart. So you don't know whether you're coming or going. You don't know what's up. You don't know what's down. You've lost your way. Better to say it, you've lost the way. I happened to some folks. They were got all caught up in all different kinds of sights and things going on and just a lot of things swirling all around them and crowd. They got to counting heads. There's James, there's Joseph, there's this one, and there's that one. The girls are here. Where's where's Jesus? And boy, when that impacted that hit, they they hit the brakes. They said, We're not going another step until we find him. This is it. We're stopping. This, this, this parade stops right now. Or maybe I should say this charade stops right now. Because you know, without Jesus, it's just a charade. It's just a put on, it's just a front. There's a lot of religion out there. There's a, there's a lot of words out there. But you know, that and salvation, very big different thing. So, they made a U-turn. They made a, an, a, a definite, positive commitment to repent. They made a U-turn. And they headed back. And sure enough, their journey took them to the church house. They got to the church house. There he was. Now, you know, you get this experience. Then you really know where the party's at. It's not at the clubs. It's not on the street corners. It's not in the sports arenas. The parties at the church house. The church house. Not just any church house. Jesus called it my father's house. Called it a house of prayer. So we're not going to have any nonsense going on. He took care of that real quick and showed divine authority. And I tell you, that's the thing that many people shy from when it's the very thing that they need the most. The devil doesn't respect anything but divine authority. And so, they found him. And of course, he was teaching, straightening people's thinking out, telling them things that made them sit up and listen real sharp. They realized they didn't know so much as they thought they knew. They decided that maybe maybe we ought to pay a little more attention here. And let the, I had a banker tell me one time, he, 
came and sat down with me, embarrassed me, and he said, he said, I, I don't, I'm not sure what you're doing, what your strategy is. He said, he said, tell me. He said, maybe I can learn something here, and then embarrassed me. I, I, I fumbled around and I talked in circles for a little while, and then I got up, shook his hand, I left. <laughs> I was just a little embarrassed. I wasn't feeling like I had all that kind of banking knowledge at all. What I have is the Lord. And God can take little and make it much. You hear me? God can do that. And if you don't give God that little, that would be 10% minimum. If you don't do that, then God's, he's not, he, you're not giving him anything to bless. You're not giving him anything to, to multiply in your life. God has, he, you know, he has rules. He has ways of doing things. He gives commandments. And they're, they're not to be negotiated or arbitrated or, or disobeyed. I read in the Bible where people are willingly ignorant. How about we willingly get knowledgeable? How about we willingly get obedient and cooperative? Boy, you get to the place where you just start saying, I want to do it your way, God. I, I want to I do what you said. Learn of me. I want to learn from you. I want to come sit at your feet. And he's going to send you like he did the ten lepers. He's going to send you to the church house and present yourself and show what all God has done for you. But you know, they not one of them ever made it to the church house. Not one of them. No. None of them got to looking down and said, man, look at my brand new fingers. My nose is restored. My ear is back on and Looking good. Yeah. So, you know, I've always wanted to do this, and I've always wanted to do that. I had a guy one time said he always, he, he was, you know, 50-something years old, pushing into 60, and he said, I've always wanted to have a ponytail. People get in the, you know, oh, I want to fly. I want to learn to fly a plane. Oh, a motorcycle. All kinds of things start presenting themselves. And uh, that taking place, they never got to the church house. They never got to do the word of the Lord. And Jesus had given them very specific instructions. They never got there. Now the one guy. You know, sometimes we just stumble onto the right thing, don't we? I don't know about you, but I have. Sometimes I, I just have fumbled and stumbled and, and, and all of a sudden something beautiful took place and I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and that guy obeyed the dictates of his heart. And he said, I'm not going another step. He said, man, I'm, I'm checking my, he happened to see himself in the mirror, you know. And he said, man, look at me. Woo. Look at that, look at that, look at that. Wow. Wow. We read uh, an account of a, that we have read in times past, an account that some people that were connected with my pastor when they were very young and 
and uh, his prayer for them and his involvement with them. And they, they went to a country in North Africa and did missionary work, as it's called. And they, they, uh, they went to not a big, beautiful city with big high-rises and stadiums and malls and things of that nature. They went to a leper colony. They went to a leper colony. And uh, she, uh, she was having a, a difficult time with that, this dear sister. And um, she would, it, it, they were very sensitive to lepers. And they knew that nobody wanted to be around them. And they knew that they were sick and odd and different. And, uh, you know, Bible, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. They had to let everybody know. And they walk on the other side of the street. These folks are in, young couple in the midst of a, a whole colony. And there was a, uh, one of the men, he didn't have a hand. He didn't have a hand. It was all eaten away. And, you know, the natural thing would be to go shake hands, and he didn't have a hand to shake. But what he did have, you know, he would, you know, like you do around here when you, you don't shake my hand because you're sick, so you bump this with me. You don't want to give me your germs. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate you being concerned about my health. And so she uh, got awakened one morning. And the Lord told her to go pray. So she grabbed up her, her prayer mat, which was a blanket. And she went to where they would a prayer in church and whatever. And she spread that blanket out on the floor. And uh, she went to get down on her knees on that mat, on that blanket to pray. And the Lord said, get rid of the blanket. Oh. Folded up the blanket, put it to the side. He said, get down on the floor. You got to get right down there where people are. With all the runnings off. Right down there in the whole midst of it. He said, you lay down flat. So she stretched out that nasty, dirty floor with all that runoff. She began praying. And you know, when God got done with her and she got up off of that floor, she was a different person. She had victory over the devil and over the flesh that was affecting, that devil that was affecting her flesh. And when that, that guy came with his stub and she went to put out her hand and he, she said, no, 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 no. She said, you go ahead. And he popped it out. And she took it and she shook his hand. She shook his stub. 
his stump. And uh, she comforted him and she let him know in no uncertain terms that there'd been a change in her for the good. Been a change in her for the good. God so loved this world. He gave, he gave that flesh. And that one leper came back. Begin to worship him. Having noticed that he's got all his digits now. Saw himself in the mirror, if you please. Look at me, I'm, I'm clean. You know, leprosy is a type of sin in the Bible. I'm clean. I'm washed. When you get baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, you get washed in His blood that He shed for you because He loved you. Baptism isn't just a little play thing that you know, our kids do it. Thank God they do. They get their dolls and they baptize them, you know, and bring them up out of the water and shake them all around and get the Holy Ghost. And you let them do that. You let them do that. I'd much rather see them do that and go around. Huh? Because after a while they grow up. And it's not their fingers, but it's real metal. And they're doing drive-bys and all kinds of things. Yeah. Jesus said, you live by that, you're going to die by that. We don't want our children to die that way, now do we? We want our children to be involved with baptizing people and praying people through the Holy Ghost. And I'm hoping that they'll have the clip on the monitor after church today and uh, showing our Wednesday night service, the children, the Holy Ghost hitting them and them rejoicing, praising God. <laughs> Watch to me and Olivia and Michael right in the center aisle. And I thought, well, the Bible said a child shall lead them. Maybe we ought to get them to show some of you how to do it. You know, you're kind of glued in your pew there. Let them come get you by the hand. Bring you down to the altar. Show you how it's done. They, they don't have any inhibitions. They're not laden down with sin and guilt. And conscience that's all out of whack. Oh no. That's how that guy was. He came to Jesus, friend. He came back to Jesus. And he said, ah. Jesus said, wait a minute. He said, weren't there ten of you? He said, Where, where's the nine? He said, is, is there no, no one but this one? And him a Samaritan? Not even a Jew. Come back to give glory. I've read articles that for every thousand turtles that hatch out of the egg or eggs, start making their trek through the 
what must feel like miles of sand, little old tiny turtles, out of a thousand, one, percentage-wise, one will survive to adulthood. You think about that. There's an awful lot of predators. There's an awful lot of contrary forces that come against our children as they begin to grow and they begin to go forth in life. You better pay attention. There's a lot of predators out there. A lot of predators out there. Thank God for those that make it to come back. To bring Him praise. To bring Him glory that He so richly deserves. To say thank you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you that my leprosy is all gone. Thank you that I'm clean. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And that we can teach them when you lose your way, when you get confused, when spirits turn you every which way but loose. That there's a reasonable God that's saying, come. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Bring me your heart. In a restaurant one time, and I don't know why, but they started calling me Dr. Feld. They got me a good seat, and it continues to get me a good one, so I let them say Dr. Feld. doesn't bother me. But I, I fessed up to him. I told him, well, I am a heart doctor. I deal with this heart right here. Oh, yes, I am. And I want to, the Lord wants to operate on your heart. You ever read the Bible about the operation of God? It's right there in your Bible. The operation of God. Yes, it is. I even found in the Bible where it's okay to talk to yourself. Chapter and verse. So you all nod and so you all know, so I'm not going to tell you. Okay. You know, I keep reading that book after a while. I told my wife, I said, man, duh. duh. And she said, she said, what? She said, I love when things just pop up at you. I said, well, I've only read it 500 times, honey. And I finally saw it. My God. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> Wake up, son. Well, that's how that one guy was, man. He turned around from the pack in the crowd. They were running to this and going to that. Sat they looking there, oh goodness. They said, well, I want to go do this and I want to go. I'm going to get me a motorcycle. I'm going to go get me a ponytail. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> and this guy's like, no, go do what you want to do. He said, no, I'm going back to say thank you. I've got to go back and say thank you. I've got to go back and get to that place where they praise him. I want, I want. That's what happened to this. This man that he left the party, he left. Where are you going? What are you going for? Why are you acting like this? 
Everything went wrong. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. He's down there in the hog pen, covered with the filth and the slime of this world. He got a wake-up call. Thank God. The Bible said, awake to righteousness and sin not. He said, I'm going to cut this. I'm going to stop this. By the grace of God, I'm going I'm to stop this. And it's going to start right now. Isn't that funny? The stopping is going to start <laughs> right now. And he... He said, I'm, I'm going back to the party. And, you know, he really wasn't expecting a party. Just the, the general environment of things in his memory. I'm going back. I'm going back where it's fun, where it's good, where it's clean, where it's righteous, where, I'm, where I was happy. I'm going back. I'm not even going to ask to be a son. I'm not looking for any any privileged position. I I just like to have man. The servants got more going for them than I got. I guess he was feeling like a bit of a loser. But I my God, he deals in making winners out of people. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't read where the, the father was all stern and austere and knitted brow and furred eyebrows. I didn't read that. I didn't read where he had harsh words. I read when he viewed that boy coming down the road, friend, he ran to meet him. He wanted to let him know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are welcome in the right spirit. You know, people don't always understand. <laughs> they don't understand divine authority. And uh, people start acting really bad and really ugly and saying a lot of things. We don't, we don't hate person. Not at all. We love the person. What we hate is that bad spirit that's got on that person. You get cancer. Man, I love you, but I hate that cancer, that spirit of cancer. I want to cast that out. I want to get rid of that. Yes. And you can go on with example after example. Don't look for me to hug up to some bad old ugly spirit. I've never, I've never seen a doctor just get cozy with cancer. <laughs> you know? No way. There are methods that are very aggressive that have to be employed to deal with certain kinds of sicknesses. And, and the medical field, you know, they're doing the best they can with what they know and their research. 
Man, I, re I read where Jesus, they brought a man to him that was deaf. He couldn't hear. And he had a speech impediment. Now we're talking about God here. Come visibly. All power in heaven and earth. In him dwell the fullness of the very God bodily. To wit that God was in Christ. And he's looking at this guy that can't hear and he can't speak without an impediment of some kind. Maybe he stuttered, I don't know. Indicated what it was that he stuttered. That was the indication. And um, the Bible said that Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. And that he touched his tongue. He spit. And he looked up to heaven and he sighed. And he spoke an Aramaic word that meant be opened. All of a sudden, the man could hear. The string of his tongue was loosed and he could speak. I wondered, you know, you're, you're God. You speak worlds into existence. Why, why did you spit? Why did you make clay? Why did you put your fingers in his ears? I thought, you know, probably because people need drama. <laughs> you know, we are very visual. You say, I'm not visual. Good. Turn television off then, okay? Flip that one in on you, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Get rid of all that filth and garbage that you're pumping into your children's brains. All the thousands upon thousands of murders that they witness by the time they're in high school. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Yeah, and on and on. But I'm not going to divert that way. I'm just saying to you that it is a proven fact that we are motivated much more by what we see than what we hear. That's a scientific fact. The eye is the window. It takes it all in. So, I, I kind of feel like Jesus sometimes was demonstrative. He demonstrated for people's sake. You know, I mean, he, the woman that had the problem at the house, he, he just said, go home, it's all taken care of. There was no lightning bolt. <laughs> there was no shaking of the ground. <clears throat> he didn't even speak anything really out loud. He just marveled at her faith and her saying. And he just said, for this thy saying, go home. Devil's gone out. Devil's gone out. It's all taken care of. Everything's just fine. And she went home in faith, believing, and found it so. When she got there, everything was cool. Everything was taken care of. Sometimes it would be just like that. He would just touch. Peter's mother-in-law, 
laid sick of a fever. Jesus' disciples came to the house. It was lunchtime. They were hungry. She can't get up and make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Nothing. She just stretched out. The Bible said he stood over her and rebuked that spirit, touched her on the hand. She popped up, put the big spread on. They had lunch. No big fanfare. But this particular time, he's got the fingers and the ears. Another time, he spit and he made clay. Is that a, is that a facial? Put, a, put a, a mask, is that what they call it? A mask on and, and uh, sent him down to the local pool to uh, wash up. So we got a guy going through town with mud dripping off of his eyes, made from a man's spit. My pastor used to say that there was more power in Jesus Christ's spit than all the denominal world. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, Lord. But boy, when he when he did what he was told to do, and he went and washed, he came away seen. He came away seen. So some things were very high in demonstration. Other things seemed to be very low key. But the point is that God, He does know how to get our attention. He does know how to get our attention. I used to watch Patrice. She knew how to get Alex's attention. Give him a noogie right in the back. Just dig it in there. Oh, Alex is going, oh, oh, oh. Okay, Mom, I heard you. I'll straighten up. You know, and there's the mothers that grab the ears, you know, and stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God knows how to get our attention. He knows how much pressure to put the pinch on us. You know, he knows how to do that. I keep waiting for you to beat up on Amari and Amanda. Yeah, okay. Now a little balance there. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Point being that... Uh, that God knows how to get our attention, church family. He knows how to get our attention. And having gotten our attention, He's really trying to be reasonable with us. He's saying, come, let us reason together. Though your sins, oh boy, then He got right down on it. Then He started talking about sins. Plural. Oh man. He got, he got attention then now, didn't He? Said, oh, they're looking bad and looking ugly, looking very stark. They're, they're just right out there. This isn't a hidden thing. This is right out there. He said, I can, I can take that nastiness and make it white as snow. Now, snow don't mean much to y'all. I know that. So just think of a very soiled shirt. Like you've been working down in a muddy muck hole. You know, we got we got dirt around here, friends. We got good stuff. Yeah. And uh, but you get that bleach going on that and that washing machine and get that all fixed up. I had to go do the laundry though. The more I said, could you she wasn't feeling good. She said, Could you put it in for me? And I said, Yeah. 
I put it in, I closed the door, I said, now what? I got all these buttons looking at me. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what to do. Get that thing going. Oh, brother. That's why when she used to, I used to send her uh, for a week back to the family until we decided the kids were being too negatively affected. We cut that stuff out. Uh, but um, we did something else with that week in the summer. I remember I used to call her and say, time to come home. She said, why? I said, because I'm flat out of underwear, girl. <laughs> Need you to come home and do the laundry. Don't have any towels left. Come on, get back here. Help me out. I never had to learn how to do those buttons too well. I think maybe on purpose I haven't learned how to do it. But anyway, be that as it may, I'm saying that God's saying, I know how to take what's nasty and dirty and unclean and no good, and I can make it all right. I can get rid of all the stain. All of it. Come on now, reason with me. Come on, let's talk about it. But you know what you find with ugly, evil spirits? They don't make any sense. Spirits don't make any sense. They can't tell you what the problem really is. And if, if, if you go right, that doesn't satisfy. If you go left, that doesn't satisfy. If you stand up, that's no good. If you sit down, that's no good. Nothing appeases. That's why spirits have to be casted out. That's why divine authority has to be employed. That's why we have to submit ourselves, subject ourselves to God's commandments, God's word, God's authority. Well, why I got to do it like that? Well, you don't have to do it like that. You can stay in your sin. You can stay wrapped up in the chokehold of the devil. And you can let, watch everything go downhill in your life. And make many other people miserable because of it. Jesus took care of that Syrophoenician woman's problem. She got home, the house was peaceful. Read your Bible. Nice and peaceful. Everything was okay. Everything was just fine. He wants to put peace in your heart and peace in your home. Yes, he does. And when they got to trucking along and having their jokey time and fooling around and, you know, probably texting, you know, kind of doing all kinds of things. I've told you, I've seen some people that, that I, there was a, uh, uh, there is a cleaner's. And, um, and, and the guy that was take the plastic, you know, and put it down over the shirt or over the suit or over the blouse or over the dress and, and get it ready, you know, and hang it up and it goes down the assembly line and all that. His job was to put that plastic over there. Well, it takes two hands to put that plastic down over there. But it takes one hand at least to talk on the phone. So he got him a great big rubber band. He opened the phone up, put it on his ear, and put the rubber band around him to hold the phone so he could have hands free. And I walked in and saw that, and I started laughing. He looked at me, and he started laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, brother. You know, my God. He, he wants to have a party. He wants to have a party. He, he, he wants to throw a party. And man, one day, 
when they got to the church house and Jesus was there, it was party time. They were happy to have Jesus back in their midst. They were happy to be with him. Just like that guy came to Jesus and thanked him. He was happy about that. Them nine others, friend, you don't read about them no more. They're gone. One of them was out there growing a ponytail, I guess. I don't know what the other one was growing. Somebody's going off on their motorcycle. You know? All kinds of things that I've seen people do over the years. My goodness. And here, you're going and getting on your motorcycle or getting in your airplane or getting something going going looking for a party, when the party's right here. It's right here. What could a person, even the angels, rejoice in that party? Hey, that's what your Bible said. The angels rejoice. Now you get them angels excited and them wings get flapping, friend. You get some glory flowing through the place. That's when your young people start popping up. Even the little ones. We got them on video. I hope to have it on that monitor in a little while. Is that a hint? Take it as an order. <laughs> I had to order. I got I got all put out with one of the young ladies because they didn't have the, the iPad. And I said. I just had to bypass them. So I finally, I got that, that little Kayla, and I said, you get back there and you tell your mama to get up here with that, with that phone or that camera or something. My goodness, I didn't want to miss them three little youngins in that center aisle. I didn't want us to lose that. Oh, no. Now we got this, we got this guy that's disdaining the church, looking down on the church. Always something wrong with it. The Bible said, came to pass, he died. Well, that's going to happen, church family. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. You know, a lot of times, early morning hours, I'll, I'll walk these aisles. And you know what? I know right where you sit. And I'll go to your pew. And I'll tell God. I want them to be ready. I want them to make it. And uh, this guy is making all kinds of fun, all kinds of trouble. Agitating. I guess he found that button on the washing machine. He's just agitating. <laughs> And uh, but it came to pass he died and it is appointed unto man once to die and then it comes the bad part sometimes because it said after that the judgment so I asked a question of you this morning you want a party or you want a funeral 
Everybody said party. party. Everybody said party. party. Everybody said party. party. Thank you. You're a good class. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to party. Yeah. Party. Get down. You know, she says, Bell's going to get you guys. She told me. She said, I'm going to get them boys upstairs. And she said, I'm going to light them up with a firecracker. She said, they just sit there in church. And they don't do nothing. <laughs> you guys are warned now. I let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> you can't be a wallflower when the party's going on. Come on. When that, when that father threw that party, the Bible said, girls, there was music and dancing. And that wasn't the wrong kind of dancing, neither. That wasn't promiscuous dancing. That was Holy Ghost dancing. You don't imitate that. I, I want to see somebody imitate Destiny's dance the other night. You don't, that's original, friend. You don't, you don't imitate that. that. You can't imitate that. That's Holy Ghost. That's Holy Ghost. Oh, friend, when that Holy Ghost hits you, you're going to have your own new step. It's all yours. You and God. Yeah. You, you can't imitate what Olivia was doing out there. Michael, to me. Man, that's genuine. That's Holy Ghost. And there they are, little old kids right there in the party. And we got adults standing around look like they don't know what to do. These things ought not so to be. You're supposed to be the leader. You're, to be, you're supposed to be showing them how it's done. And here they are out there this high. <laughs> and they're, you know, oh, brother. Come on, church man. I'd much rather have a party than a funeral. And you know, we give good funerals. We preach. You know, when it's time for Brother Franklin to go to heaven, well, friend, we was all set. And, and some of them was trying to tell me what to do and how to do. <laughs> Gave me four pages of notes. I said, I don't need that. I, I was... Clueless, I said, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? We, we know how to have a funeral. But I'd much rather have a party. Matter of fact, we're pretty good about turning funerals into parties. Yeah? Because when we're sending somebody that we know has gone home, then we got a lot to be happy about and a lot to rejoice about. But you got to admit, in that funeral, we are carrying the weight and the burden of those that are there that are not a part of the church. They don't know this great truth. And so we, we're carrying the weight and the burden of trying to bring them the message and pull them out of the fire. 
But when we come to church, friends, we come to have, we come to party. We we don't have our lower lip dragging on. We got lots of young ladies here know how to and guys that know how to vacuum and polish and clean up and make the ship ship shape. They know how to do that. So we don't need any lower lips dragging on the ground like a vacuum cleaner. Because it's party time. It's time for music. It's time for dancing. It's time for lifting up hearts with hands. It's time for rejoicing. It's time for people to get the Holy Ghost and the angels get to rejoice. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Everybody said hallelujah. Man, the, the father was so excited about there was going to be a party, he ran out there to meet the dude. Grabbed him by the hand, put his arm around him, clapping him on the back. Come on, let's go. Party time. I got everything ready. Oh, yeah. Got everything ready. Got the music going. And you know, everybody that's a part of that, they're just so excited about, we're going to have a party. Yeah. The father said, we're going to have a party. We'll be getting off early today. We're having a party. Hallelujah. I'd much rather, church family, I'd much rather have a party any day. Any day. Any day. Any day. I would much rather be smiling and be happy and feeling carefree. Yeah. Much rather be rejoicing and giving thanks and singing the praises, the high praises of God. Much rather be doing that. Will you stand with me? The father said, you know, he said it's proper. He said it's proper because somebody, somebody was dead and lost. Think about that. Somebody was dead and lost. But he said, now they're alive and found. And you know, that wasn't a stranger. That was a son. That was a son. That was dead. God said he was dead and lost. And you know, the Bible said where the tree falls, there shall it be. He was That tree was pretty close to falling in that hog pen he found himself in, got himself in, put himself in. Some people don't ever want to admit. They don't want to own up to any responsibility. It's always my fault. You ever play Pin the tail on the donkey? Yeah, well, I got many a pin in me. Yeah. It's always my fault. Yeah. I told one guy that his, his uh, at that time, wife spit on him. <laughs> spit on him in his face. And I said, I guess that was my fault, too. Some people will not accept responsibility for their actions at all. They just won't. They just got bad spirits. They got cancer. They got heart disease. They got all kinds of problems. 
I'm not going to hug that. I'm not going to pet that. I'm not going to coddle that. Because that's not going to help the situation at all. Not at all. No, sir. But hey, come now. He said, come on. He said, let's reason together. We, if, if it can be talked out, we can talk it out. And if it can't be talked out, we can pray and cast it out. But we want to separate you from your sin. Don't let sin separate you from us and God. Other way around, right? Let's separate you from the sin, from the cancer, from the evil spirits that are negatively affecting and interrupting your pattern of your thought pattern. What should be your Holy Ghost thought pattern? You know what you should be thinking? I want a party. I want a party. Yeah. I want to worship him. I want to dance in the Holy Ghost. Let everything that hath breath, let it praise God. <laughs> Woo! Use that breath for what God intended it to be used for. I tell you that all the time. I hope God blesses every one of you with a limo. If just don't get in it and drive off like the nine. Show back up to give thanks and praise and glory to the one who made it possible in your life. Amen. Yes. Amen. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Everybody said I want a party. Good. Lift your heart with your hands and join me in a party prayer. Thank you, dear God, for everything you have done. Thank you, Holy Father, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for your precious blood and your attitude of forgiveness towards us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for telling us our sins have been forgiven. Thank you, Lord God, for healing us. Healing us, O oh God, I pray. I thank you for it, Lord. Oh God, you're so great and so mighty. Thank you for being so reasonable when we have been so unreasonable. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Holy God. I pray that you will deliver us, O oh God, time and again. Oh, Jesus, time and again. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you, Holy God. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Praises to the 